underground, thunderbounds when I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback, orangutans, you can't stop a train. Who wants up? Don't come unprepared. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. Brother man telling us it ain't gonna rain. So now we sitting in a drop top soaking wet. In a silk suit, trying not to sweat. Hit some assaults without the net. But this be the year that we won't forget. One nine nine nine. Gentlemen, welcome back to Three Man Weave. Three Man Weave is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, we shall. We ask you, we implore of you, we insist upon you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. We've got something for everybody. If you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out on The Chair Shot, the best way to can make sure we continue to provide that content is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and picking up a shirt. We depend on viewers and seers and listeners like you. Ladies and gentlemen, we do apologize. We weren't able to have a show last week. Sometimes life gets in the way. I know you all can relate to that. But I am back with my cohorts, Mr. Velvet Pipes, Christopher Platt. And as always, I'm joined by my two brothers, one vanilla, one chocolate, Mr. PC Tunney, the commissioner, and Mr. Ray Cash. Gentlemen, welcome back. Good to see you guys, man. It's been a while since we had the band back together, man. Good to be back. Feel, feels good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have to ask real quick, man, before we get started into our topics, because we've got an action-packed show today for you guys, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, I got to ask, though, man, I'm in a committed relationship. I'm basically married. But my, my single cohort's here, man. What is dating like? in the COVID era. It, it, it seems like it would be a melon farmer. You, it's, you all you take, ever, go ahead. No, please. Cause you, you would know better than me. So go right ahead. It's like this. You see what I got in my hand here? We go find the old numbers. Bob. Well played. A lot of, because if you know, I, I couldn't imagine being single in this particular era, but I could imagine me doing a lot of like a uh, Zoom sex or Skype sex and things of that type of nature. Because, but I'm 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 depraved though. I'm I'm a I'm a degenerate. So that's just me. I don't know about you, gentlemen. The thoughts and opinions right. of Christopher Platt do not necessarily <laughs> reflect the thoughts and opinions of those of on Three Man Weave or TheChairShot.com. Damn! Two minutes into the podcast, we already got a disclaimer coming out. 
You should probably just play that before every show that I'm on, quite frankly. We used to, we used to start the edge with the actual, literally with the disclaimer at the beginning. Before we changed, when we first started the podcast, we started it because, like, we were raw for a while until we got our feet. And we're still bad, but, like, we were much worse. <laughs> worse than, uh, worse than uh, what was the title? Yellow Orton and the Negro Butcher? <laughs> <laughs> Pod was our highest rated Pod is War. Pod is War is on some shit, man. I retract my earlier statement. <laughs> and I told you I messed up and I missed the title we should have had last week. Last week, the title of Pod is War was Post Traumatic Dick Syndrome, but the title of Pod is War should have been Don't Google Bruce Smith's Penis. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like both give the desired effects. Yeah, post, post-traumatic Bruce Smith's penis answer. <laughs> but, you know, Tony, you, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't want to speak for my brother Ray here, but I, you know, I, I feel that as if I can. I think, like, you're, you're more into, like, a semblance of normalcy than I think Ray and I are. You know, you, you go to work every day, you, you out here golfing, you're playing softball and things like that. You know, you've been to wrestling shows, you've been to bars. So I feel like, you're a little more normal than we are right now. Yeah, I haven't stopped working. I mean, uh, recreational things around here. Okay, so I play softball, no secret, right? And uh, that got started recently. So that's got started two months late. Uh, there's there's provisions there. I mean, I was on a manager meeting via Zoom. We were just talking about Zoom for one of the leagues. And I've been in that league for a long time, and our team's really well respected there. So. I came up with the idea. What happens when you go to a softball game? Every guy has to sign in on the sheet from each team, right? That way they know there's not cheating players and bringing in other guys. Like, you actually have to submit uh, your picture when you sign up before the season so they know who you are. So I suggested why not just have the managers on each side. One guy on each side touch the clipboard and put everybody's name down. That way only three people, the two managers and the umpire, are touching the clipboard, not 33 people, right? Uh, No high-five lines afterwards. Uh, pretty much everybody's just kind of giving a bow or air fiving, and that's just you know what it is. So it, it's been interesting. I even saw one umpire uh, purell down the softballs before the game. I don't really know what that was going to do because everybody was going to be touching them out there, but that's just the way it is. Uh, you know, don't touch your face or anything during the game. Wait till afterwards. And I always wash my hands after the game. I go to the bar. I wash my hands every time I get up and do something. I actually wipe down the golden tea machine before I play and wash my hands afterwards. <laughs> so I do take precautions, you know. It, it It is a little bit more normal for me because, like you said, I've been able to go out and do my hobbies and, and I go to work every single day and deal with all my lovely customers every single day at work. Um, <laughs> and I know you guys, that's been a little bit different. Well, I mean... Not really. Well, I I feel you on the uh, dealing with your lovely customers because, you know, that's my job as well. But I've been able to work from home, raise an IT guy, so I don't know how much interface he has with the public. And God bless you for that because. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Positives and negatives, sir. 
fair enough, fair enough. But with the softball thing, and I know this is going to be boring to the listeners, and I apologize, we'll get to the topics here shortly, but because I, I used to play in basketball leagues, and, you know, before every game in your basketball league, each team had to come up with X amount of dollars for the officials, for the referees. How does that work in the pandemic era? Because I, I can't imagine there's a whole lot of cash exchanging hands, you know? So what happens with softball is there is a league fee, and where we play the league fee includes the balls and includes the umpires right so i'm in a league with eight teams it's 335 dollars for your team to play okay and then when you show up the first week the concession stand is a big place there and they got they give you your balls for the year right and what you each team throws one new ball in each week so you got that that's part of your fees but then each player that plays also has to go online, like I said, give their information and picture of themselves, and they have to pay a $22 fee to play. So we get hats, we get shirts. We used to get hats, shirts, pants, pullovers, but we have all that shit now. So we just get a new hat and shirt every year. We probably get two because we play a lot of tournaments. I'm lucky enough to have gotten to the point over the past couple of years where I no longer need a bar sponsor. I have companies that either are good friends with us or people who play and they sponsor our team so it takes about two thousand dollars altogether to have nobody pay for anything except for their player card for twenty two dollars and they get a hat uh, two hats and two shirts and then we you know, we get in tournaments that's the other thing we play a lot of tournaments and those are for money so when we finish in the top three we're going to make more than we put in for that tournament we save that we spend that on stuff if we have excess, we'll go do a golf outing. Or if we're going to travel for year, for the year somewhere like the Florida or California or Texas, we'll pay for the hotel rooms. So it's it, – my one buddy says we're professional softball players because we get paid to play, and, and that's half true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only your upper-level teams. A lot of the other teams, though, they have bar sponsors, and they get the T-shirt on the bar's name, and they go back to the bar, and they spend a bunch of money. So that's kind of how that works. I mean, if you just had 11, 12 guys that wanted to play softball, didn't care, you don't have to have hats and shirts. It's probably going to be about 30, 40 bucks a guy. And you don't have to go anywhere. You said you said travel to Texas, California, Florida. <laughs> Not this year. Well, no, and that's funny you mentioned that. And before we get going, I'll kind of wrap it up and bring this full circle, is the fact that we hadn't traveled in a long time. And we have a bunch of really good young guys who came up last year and played a lot better than we thought. And we're like, well, hell, perfect. We got the good traveling team to go with this. And right before COVID, we were about to order about $2,500 worth of stuff and pay about $1,000 worth of entry fees. And we waited. And luckily we did because we didn't have to worry about getting any money back like that. And once that other stuff, the apparel's ordered, that don't fucking matter. So... Yeah, we, we saved some bucks this year. We haven't spent a lot, but it's just nice to get back out and, and feel like it's summer. Speaking of, uh, you, you brought up uh, ordering new balls. Speaking of which, gentlemen, I turn 40 next year, and I'm praying that that comes with a new pair of balls because I've pretty much I pretty much ran this set I got down to the nubs. So that'd be nice if it works like that. So to the nub, akin to like... <laughs> it, it, it can to, uh, to where like you have to put a fake eraser on your pencil <laughs> to the to the uh, to the nubs as in I've, I've worn these down and i don't think i can wear them down anymore and it's time for an upgrade 
<laughs> well, luckily for Amber, there's so shops that sell pebbles? artificial ones. Yeah, uh, artificial or surrogate pair? Can you use those? You like you like a dog? Get those nudicles. <laughs> I'm not getting neutered, Tony. No, but when the dogs get neutered and they still want to have balls to lick, they put in these these fake balls and they're called nudicles. You've never look it up. It's a real fucking thing. I, I'm not getting neutered, Tony. No, but okay. you said you needed a new pair. Hey, yes, a, a new pair, not a, a fox pair. Flat. Well, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. You want the balls or not? I'm not getting neutered, Raymond. Okay. Period. We already work That's with not the. Happening. We already work with a pair of balls. Okay, now, I, you know what? You know what? Let's get to the first topic, man. I'll I'll work with what I got and just eat some oysters or something, okay? Oh, oh boy! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, gentlemen. Major League Baseball is back on Thursday. We're recording Monday night. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going up north out of town this weekend, and by the time we get to the bar Friday, the Brewers will be having their first game against the Chicago Cubs right there on ESPN. But we do have a doubleheader on Thursday. More importantly, 29 teams know where they're going to be playing their home games. The Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are not one of them. Canada is not allowing people to come into the country without quarantining for 14 days. So the options are their spring training facility in Florida, which they really don't want to go down there. I'm hearing that that's not an option actually now because things have progressed since since we set our topics earlier. They do have a double-A affiliate in Buffalo, which is a nice field, but it's not quite TV quality and the clubhouses are pretty small. So they might have to do some adjustments there. But from what I just read on the bottom line as we were coming on here is they may be looking to share a ballpark. Possibly the Pirates. I know the Brewers have hosted many games for other teams that haven't had field or needed to play somewhere. I know Cleveland's played there. I believe the Twins or White Sox also came up and played there. So I can see that also happening. What are your thoughts here as we are literally three days from the first pitch of the Major League Baseball season, which is a sprint this year, not a marathon. And the Toronto Blue Jays luckily are starting on the road, but have no idea where what field they'll be calling their home. It's funny that you brought this up, man, because just yesterday, again, we're recording on Monday, uh, before I had to go to work, I caught a, a, about two or three innings of the Pirates and the Cleveland Indians playing what I presume would be their last exhibition game. So that's kind of interesting. Does it really matter, though? Because it's not as if there's going to be fans in the stands. So, there, uh, you know, home field advantage is not going to be a thing. So I don't really think it matters where they play. I like the idea of Buffalo. I could also see them maybe uh, commandeering Yankee Stadium if the Yankees would have them. But I, I, honestly, I, I don't really think it matters because nobody is going to have any sort of home field this year. That's a great point. I didn't think about that. But, yeah doesn't really matter. It's all about aesthetics. So who cares? Well, everybody's gonna, everybody else is going to have a home field but them. They're not going to be in Toronto. Everybody else is going to play their home games at home. Well, I mean, so, yes, that's, that is I'm an talking, issue. But okay, okay, so you're saying from a fan perspective of not, excuse me, having your fans there. But think about there's other factors of being at home. Comfortability, I, the same place yeah, at the same I, time. Yeah. I get that. You get to sleep in your own bed, and, yeah, it's more of a routine. I understand that. But 
I mean, they're ball players, man. They're on the road six months out the year anyway. They're kind of used to that. They probably like being on the road and being away from the family a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm sure and, they get sick of each other. And there's precedent for this. I mean, the Saints had to play in San Antonio a couple years ago. Uh, the Hornets had to go to New or- had to go to Oklahoma City for the year, which ended up getting Oklahoma City the Thunder. So there's precedent for a team having to relocate for a year based on extenuating circumstances. And Toronto and Buffalo are fake twin cities almost. They they really kind of seem to rock with each other a lot. You see a lot of the uh, Buffalo Bills play a game in Toronto every year. You know, so there's, there's kind of a synergy there already between the two cities. Buffalo is not a small city. It's not a big one, but it's not small. So, I mean, you know, Buffalo might be the, it might be the move. Well, Buffalo is uh, Twin Cities with Cleveland. Buffalo is basically the Cleveland of New York. But I get what you're saying because depending on where you are in Buffalo, and I know Buffalo where, cause, well, rather, because I have family up there. It, depending on where you are, it's literally a five-minute drive across the border. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Like, that makes sense. I just think it's going to be an interesting transition here. I, I It looks like from what I'm seeing and reading, as we literally – record here the first option is to share a ballpark somewhere because i think they want the major league facilities i think that they want to have that kind of look for advertisers because otherwise their games are going to look secondary television yeah for television television. yeah The, the most interesting thing about this whole story to me though is and we kind of glossed over it when you mentioned it was three days before the season and this is just now becoming an issue like, don't you think we should have talked about this months ago? Well, I think I think they were hoping that Canada would approve the fact that the incoming teams would charter a private plane into Toronto, walk down that ramp in outdoors, right onto a bus, go right over to the Rogers Center. I believe it's called the Rogers Center, right in in Toronto. Yeah, and, Rogers Center. And they have a hotel there and just stay in that hotel, so they wouldn't go anywhere else but there, right? So and Canada was like, we're not changing our rules. You you come into our into our country, fourteen day quarantine. Then you can go up wherever you want in our country. Once you have cleared that, medical protocol. Isn't that crazy? How other countries shutting the doors on us now? Isn't that kind of funny? Well, we have it the loosest irony. standards for Corona. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it, seriously. Irony is a fickle bitch, isn't she, gentlemen? Oh boy! <laughs> but you know, but um, talking about baseball, man, is this not the best thing that could have possibly happened for baseball? Because baseball was kind of in the same spot as professional wrestling. Yes, they're making more money than they ever have, but the fan base has literally been dwindled down to the diehards of the diehards. So now they have a captive audience. It, you can't say baseball is boring or whatever. You're not watching anything else. So people are, I, I would assume the ratings are going to be up because people a they're not doing anything else and b people are starved for any sort of athletic competition at this point right they're on their own for what's going on right now except for a week later then the nba starts boom Mm. they missed they missed their window that's what that's why the first the first few uh episodes of this podcast we were admonishing them and basically screaming at them because they had the entire summer to themselves you want to talk about building the brand back when there's nothing else to watch but Mike Trout or Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton or Ronald Acuna? Christian Yelich. You get to know these people. Christian Yelich, my bad. You're right, Christian Yelich. Ryan Braun. 
Yeah, whatever, Christian Yelich. <laughs> <laughs> Although we get the D, we get the Wait, DH. Hey, we get the DH brawny, so that helps. You're right. DH Braun is going to be Nelson Cruz level, but that that would have built the brand back. There's nothing else to watch. But now they get the first week to to hook viewers, and then we get playoff LeBron and playoff Giannis, and nobody cares anymore. All right, let's talk about the actual games being played and what's going on. We talked about the the shortened season. Let's get to that last. Let's talk about the two major rule changes, and I just mentioned one of them, DH through the whole league. Pitchers aren't hitting anymore, and I firmly believe that the, the the days of the pitchers hitting are over. If you have a guy who can hit and pitch, then when he's not pitching, he'll pinch hit or he'll play first or something. Like Otani maybe as a position. But DH is going to be throughout the league forever now. I, I'm i a huge baseball guy. As far as like the interactions and workings of having a pitcher out there and a double switch and being more strategic... I'll miss that, but I still would vote for DH throughout the leagues. Yeah, I agree with that. And, I mean, you know, the past, what, maybe three or five years, pitching has made a major resurgence, and it's more of a pitcher's league right now. So the fact that you can have an extra batter out there, I think that's going to I think that's gonna be, that's gonna do well by the game, and I, I, I think that's a good change. How, how often do we see a double switch anyway? Well, I mean, I, we Brewers, we do a ton of them. Yeah, but y'all also play small ball. Well, y'all did until y'all started yeah. hitting homers like crazy, but yeah. So. I mean, it. here's the other thing is extra innings. Once you hit the 10th inning, every time you come up to bat, you will start with a runner on second base. Um... Okay, I get it. I don't like it as a traditionalist, and I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't like it, but at the same point in time, these games have been getting longer and longer, and that's one of the reasons that baseball has declined because thanks to, you know, Internet, social media, and our phone, stuff like that, we all have the collective attention span of a raisin. So they've got to do something to try to speed these games up, and it's an idea. Maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't, but at least they're trying something new. Do you crew- ever... Do prunes? Sorry. Do prunes have the prunes have the attention span, and then it just they just shrink down into raisin, and it is <laughs> they're like fuck it, I'm not no, dealing no, with no. your shit. No, no, Tony. Plums have attention spans, and then they shrivel up into prunes, and then ultimately they shrivel up into raisins. Okay, like like Chris's balls. Gotcha. Yes, All exactly. Right. That's, that's actually fuck you, but that's pretty happy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, you're pretty spot that's, on. That's what I heard through the grapevine. <laughs> oh my god, through the grapevine. Wow. <laughs> Have you have you ever played like three on three on the like in the, in the playground on the court basketball wise, and like you guys are tied at like eleven or twenty one, and you've been tied for like thirty minutes or fifteen minutes, and finally y'all like man, fine, next bucket win. That's nope. what this feels like. Yeah. I've I've yeah. never I've never said that. Yeah. If it's win by two, it's win by two. You're gonna have to beat me. Man, please look. <laughs> I ain't come across a lot of them so situations much. though. We played a twenty one, and usually it's like twenty one nine. 2112. Okay. Now it gets competitive and now that is a good that is that's that's a fair question. There is there was no there was no regular spring training. It was extremely abbreviated. So I wonder will that affect that's what DH is. Will that will that affect the um the actually going to extras more often than not? 
what will that affect the scores of the games? I'm curious to see that. Well, you can see the pitchers' ERAs rise. Like they, the, you can see the sure. the disparity. National League ERA average for pitchers is lower than American League because they're facing one last batter, right? So you're gonna see you're gonna see games quicker because they don't have to worry about switching the pitcher. You're gonna see a lot more quick pulls though this time because it's a sprint. Like everybody's tied. And we're starting on August 1st, basically, now. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, if you had played 100 games already and there's 60 to go, usually there's, you know, 25% of the teams left in it. Everybody's in it right now. So you're going to see managers manage like they're in the playoffs more so than they are in the middle of May. Hmm. You know, sometimes a a starter comes out and he gives up three, four runs in the first inning and he hasn't gotten two outs yet, you're out. Now. Before, well, I guess we're going to take one on the chin. Let's see if we can come back. We need to get some innings out of this guy because we blew our bullpen last night. Uh, you better get those long relievers ready. And there's going to be a lot of goofy results this year. Like, I expect the team to come out of nowhere because somebody is going to inevitably get off to a hot start. And in a 162-game season, eventually they'll start to wear down and they'll come back to the median. And, you know, they'll be wherever they are. Maybe they'll make the playoffs, maybe they don't. But seeing as how this is an abbreviated season, I expect some team that nobody's thinking about or nobody's expecting to come out of nowhere and do big things this year and maybe even win it all. Who knows? The the Reds have the same uh, betting odds to make the World Series as the Cubs and the Cards and the Brewers. The NL Central Central is by far the hardest division in all of baseball. It's not even close. The four teams you just mentioned and the Pirates are not a bad team either. So I feel bad for the AL Central because they have to face all those teams four times. But, man, I'm just hoping the Brewers can get hot. A lot of missed, you know, a a lot of questions still left in the pitching side. But the Reds are the hot team, right? that everybody thinks is going to go out there and get it. And then you still got the Cubs and you still got the Cardinals. The Cubs and Cardinals are always good, tons of talent. So for me, as a homer and as a podcaster and by unbiased opinion, the NL Central is by far, from top to bottom, the best division this year. I don't know. The the NL West uh, might uh, argue that point. Even maybe even the AL West with Houston and uh, Oakland is always good, and the I, Angels. I was gonna say AL West, but it, it it literally depends on if Seattle's good or not, and that's a that's a coin flip. Yeah, that's yeah. literal coin flip. So, but yeah, I I would say right now as the season starts, the NL the NL Central's probably probably I would agree with you is the best division. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking at some projections here. So sixty games. Oh boy, that's crazy. Boy, they're not they're not giving these. Te- <laughs> Never mind. Projections suck, folks. Don't don't listen to re- <laughs> don't don't read reviews. That means, don't. That means the Brewers are like 20, 25 and thirty. No, they had everybody. No, the problem. I think I think maybe it it's actually maybe speaks to the point that I was making is they have basically in other divisions they have the winner of the division projected about forty wins. In our division, because we play each other all the time, it's like thirty-three and a half. Well, just, 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 uh, you know, uh, humor me here for a second, man. The AL Central. What is the, the are the projections in all that right. particular league? All right, here we go. American League projections, AL Central. The Twins thirty-five, Indians thirty-three, White Sox twenty-seven, Royals twenty-five, Tigers twenty. 
that's 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 shooting a little too low for me. Yeah, I'm thinking that the Royals are going to be one of those teams that might catch fire because they have a lot of young talent, and it's a lot easier for young people to stay in shape than it is for veterans. So, you know, I can see the Royals being one of those teams that just kind of come out of nowhere like they did. Hell, they did that a couple of years ago, didn't they? And, and won the whole thing. Well, they kind of got six years ago, they yeah. got a little bit going with the uh, NL East as well. 36.5 for the Yankees, 34 for the Rays, 33 for the Red Sox. So that's all over 500 by at least six games. And you go to the West, yeah, you got the Astros, A's, and Angels all projected over 30, Astros 37.5. Head on over to the National League side, Nationals on the National League side, appropriately. 35 wins, Braves 32, Mets 32, Phillies 30, so that's a solid division. But then they, here, it's not even 33. Cubs 32.5, Reds 31.5, Brewers 31.5, Cardinals 30.5, Pirates 27. I think the Dodgers have the highest projection at almost 40 wins. So, hey. The Dodgers so have the deepest 40-man roster. <laughs> so that it, makes sense. Until it gets to the playoffs and the pitching goes kaput. And Kershaw and them just, yeah, they can't get it done. But basically what you just read, Tony, is literally saying the exact same thing I said. Nobody knows what the hell's about to happen in this abbreviated season. And we're going to see some things that we did not expect to see. Because, I mean, all these teams, everything that you've listed, all these teams are within a game or two of each other. So, you know, Vegas is, is hedging their bets because they don't know what's going to happen either. I mean, all this is unprecedented. We're living in unprecedented times, baby, if you will. <laughs> That's it? That's all we got? I got nothing. Anybody got some last thoughts? I can't back up Dusty. No. I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll close this off by just saying it, it's going to be a lot of fun because you're going to play – you're only going to play nine teams in 60 games. You're going to play everybody. Wow. I, I, my bad, Tony. I didn't think about that, but yeah. You're going wow. to play. Yeah, you're going to play everybody in your division ten times, and then in the opposite league, same location-wise, region, you're going to play all of those teams four times. This is one of those times where it sucks to be the Rangers and the Astros because your ass got to fly out to California, to Arizona, and to uh, Washington all these times because you're in the West, but the West is literally all West Coast except for you two. So, congratulations. The point on that is when we get to the playoffs, you're going to have teams guaranteed in the playoffs that haven't faced each other all year. Not a single inning. That's, that's what's going to – baseball playoffs are going to be really, really good this year. So, all right. They let hockey happen because they're all staying in Canada, folks, in case you're yelling at the screen and you didn't know any better. We did. East is in Toronto. West is in Edmonton. They're there. They're not leaving until they're out. And I think the late, late portion of the playoffs will be finished in Edmonton. So, before we move on over Bubble. to basketball – Lord Alfred. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com.
All right, gentlemen, the NBA is set to return next week, Thursday, I do believe, with a doubleheader closed out with Lakers, Clippers. Who cares who's the home team? <laughs> Orlando's the home team. Word. And I don't even think they're down there, are they? Yes. Yeah, no, no. They, they, okay, they were they, okay. they were made the playoffs. They're like yeah. six seed. Six or okay, seven. that's yeah. fair. That's fair. But you know what's funny though? You, my bad, Tony, and I'm a, I'm gonna let you go ahead and, and set it up. But just real quick, I wanted to say because you talked about Hopkey being in the bubble, and obviously the NBA is in the bubble. How are you gonna keep these young virile men? inside that bubble i mean you know the guys that don't have families they're gonna want some female companionship like have you guys ever seen uh head of state the movie where, where chris rock was running for president and they had the real pretty blonde and her only mission or her only goal to be on the stab was to make sure she banged him so he didn't go out and get into any scandals <laughs> I, I i think they need to do that man they need to recruit some bubble groupies man you know go to houston go to atlanta go to la go to vegas recruit some bubble groupies for these guys man to keep so, them out of trouble and keep them so safe so if they recruited the bubble barbers, you can recruit the bubble groupies. It yeah. makes Maybe they yeah. need to find some honeys who can cut hair. Oh, oh, oh. It, it, yeah, it, it, the man that figures that one out, or maybe even it's a woman, they're going to be a billionaire when they figure that one out. <laughs> that was a very happy man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's recruit some bubble groupies man so they can stay inside because you you saw they were already getting into trouble ordering uber eats and shit like that and, and chris paul was out there uh you know snitching on guys which you know rightfully so it's a pandemic man you gotta follow the rules hashtag snitch line. <laughs> all right Here's what we want to talk about this week because I feel like next week we're going to get more into the beginning of that season and what's all going to happen out there. Cheers to everybody who's listening. Thanks for visiting thechairshot.com. That's how you do that. <laughs> Always use your head. Always get drunk, apparently. Always. Voting. <laughs> voting. Voting for the regular season. There's a little judge. I, I, I... My bad, my bad, Sunday. I, I, I sense a little bit of uh, judgmentalness in your tone there, Raymond. <laughs> well, uh, oh, it's, 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 it's not a little, sir. I love y'all. I love y'all, but you know where I stand. Don't, don't make Did you see him put Right, uh, it just brushed on. right off my shoulders because it don't bother me. Uh, anyway. <laughs> the regular season. One of the, the great bo- things drunk. Yeah, Fuck it all. <laughs> That's another thing, too. <laughs> Shout out to Kat. All right. The regular season awards, the voting on those, are going to be finished before play even starts next week. So, figured it's apropos for us to give our awards out. I'll start, and I'll just say Giannis wins every award, even Coach of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> Would you would you legitimately vote Jonas for for defensive player of the year though? Legitimately, he's in he's in the running. But would you give it to him? Rudy Gobert. You got um, what's my boy named Kawhi Leonard. Even though he didn't play the whole season, you got some cats out here that like really put in work defensively. 
I don't want to give Gobert nothing because he a bitch for what he did. But nonetheless, I think if you look at the fact that this is literally one of the best defensive teams since the '90s in the Bucks, they're one of the great defensive teams of all time. If you look at the stats, seriously, I, I can I can I can give you the efficiency ratings and the and the differentials and everything else and what Giannis does. It's pretty ridiculous. The only other person I could see winning is Anthony Davis. You know who I would give it to? Oh, those are my words, by the way, Platt. <laughs> yeah, but you literally just said those words, sir. <laughs> I, I mean, you literally just said those words. You know who? You know who's Guilty. the defensive player? Of the year? PJ Tucker, because mm-hmm. they traded away every big oh, man on that yeah, roster. Here we go. And said, "Bro, you guarding everybody." No, but he didn't do a good job. What was what, 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 what? gun to my head? I would probably say Gobert MVP. Yeah, I would give Giannis the MVP. I feel like he's earned it up to this point. Best guy on the best team, and I say that in quotation marks just because they have the best record. So I would go there. But you're running the risk of uh, he's going to eventually reach that Steve Nash territory where it's going to become championship or bust with him. Oh, it should have already been that. But just to the point of MVP. They were headed for 70 wins, dog. You can't not give it to them. They were yeah. headed for seven wins, and Tony's a Milwaukee guy. No diss. Chris Middleton is a nice player. But how yes. many players you taken before Chris Middleton? This is Probably this is 40 or 50. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it he is our number and two. Like but li- but listen Middleton. but the team is so deep. There isn't a de- deeper team in the league. Not even close. Really? It's not just Middleton. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Doc Rivers is calling you on the other line. I think he's got, got something to us. They, they you, go sir. 12 deep, bro. That's, right. yeah. that's yeah. fine. We go 13 yeah. deep. Yeah. Let's go man for man. Let's figure it out. We got the MVP, so Kawhi, <laughs> done. I'll give you I'll give you Paul George over Chris Middleton, but I bet you the rest of them go to Bucks way. Kawhi low-key might be the best player in the league. The yeah, but you just is said Giannis is the MVP this year. So we match one yes, versus one. We got Giannis. Boom. Then we'll give you Paul George, and the rest of the roster from bottom to top is better on the Bucks side. Williams. Well, you, Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, really? really? You're taking, you, you, you're taking, you're taking um, I'm Big Brother Lopez over Montrez Harrell. Yeah. And I'm taking Sweet Lou Williams over Eric Bledsoe five times out the day. Uh, is, is Montrez Harrell in any Sweet. defensive player of the year talks? Because I know Brooke Lopez is. Montrez Harrell, I, I would believe he, yeah, he's in a few of them. Wait till the voting comes out. Brooke Lopez decided to block some shots one year out of his whole 18-year career. And all of a sudden, this motherfucker is a fucking uh, Bill Russell. Get out of here, man. You want – well, what about – Because in 2011, he's been a def- good defender his whole man, career. Man, listen to this shit over here. You really uh, – rather have – you'd rather have uh, uh, fucking uh, Bledsoe than Lou Williams. You're serious. You're, Without, you'd seriously rather have – Oh, uh, was Eric Bledsoe first team all defense yesterday, year, last year? Yes, check. He was first Did, team? First team all defense last year. Did the band in the last year? Yes, check. What the fuck did the Clippers do last year? That wasn't Lou Williams' fault. Oh, Lou no. Well, fight. now Tony made a point, so it ain't Lou Williams' fault. <laughs> Lou don't get you buckets, Tony. Lou don't get you buckets. I don't need Lou to get me buckets. I need Bledsoe to play defense. 
You tell me who gets paid more, and I'll tell you who's better. Who's gonna score? Who's gonna score on your team, man? In the so, playoffs, with everything. So, yeah, who's gonna? Score? Lou Williams is a better player than Eric Bledsoe, but for that team, they need Eric Bledsoe. So I give him no, Bledsoe. It's not even close for the style no. of the team. They need Lou Williams because they need another guy that can get them buckets in the playoffs. Who else gonna get them buckets? I like Middleton too. I like Chris Middleton a lot. But who's gonna get them buckets other than Giannis and maybe Lopez? If you know he's not too busy being a defensive stopper, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I didn't want to laugh at that, but that's funny as hell. My man averaged six rebounds as a center for like seven years. And all of a sudden, six. That was his line, yeah. And all of a sudden, my man got ten rebounds and two blocks. He's a defensive. He's the White Howard in 2010, bro. Like, come on, dog. I can't even continue to have this conversation with you. You're just trying to get under my skin, though. Did he switch fights with Robin? Is that what happened? And I wasn't looking like on a, you know, twins always do that shit. They you switch body depending on who's good and whatnot. That what on the same team and they got different hair. You can't switch them. This ain't no Bella Twins. You can't do it. <laughs> I normally try not to join in the slander, but the Brook the Brook Lopez thing is a bit contrived, bro. Well, Just let's a little. Put it, let's put it this way: Who's gonna score for them, right? Well, Giannis averages 30, and they, as a team, average 120. So the other 12 guys seem to be getting about 90 a game. Yeah, they're a great team. No, I'm not taking it away from them. They're I'm not looking team. at you, Ray. Now, we've okay. been here before, Tony. Do I have to rehash it? This is what's going to happen. Hey, LeBron ain't never coming the- back to Cleveland. Get over it. <laughs> He'll come back when he buys the team, goddammit. And his brother and his son is playing for it. <laughs> but this, that was great. I'm not even going to rehash it, man. Go back and listen to previous three-man weeks where I broke down why Milwaukee is not winning the title this year. I'm not even going to rehash that. Go oh, back so, and listen to previous shows. I can't wait so, for that so episode. Here's the, here's the real question. Is it unanimous coach of the year going to Milwaukee's coach? What is it? It's Budenholzer, right? Budenholzer. Coach yeah. Bud, I think it's I think it's unanimous. There's, there's nobody else can hold a candle to that when they were headed for seventy wins. Uh, who else would you put in the conversation? Antony. These mother farmers literally traded their center away and said, "Hell, fuck it, we're not gonna play with a center," and got better. They won five hundred. You forget they lost. They they, they lost like nine or ten. Right, they did it. They got hot right before the season stopped. But they were terrible after they did it. I was at the game, and, like, the, the Hornets were putting it to them. The Hornets. Name me a player that plays for the Hornets. Kemba. Oh, no. I, I, um, I, uh, Marvin Witt. No, no, he's a buck. Kyle, um, Kyle is a diehard Hornets fan, and he can barely name players on the team. <laughs> and they were putting it to him, dog. So I'm just saying, bro, like. The, the Rockets. They, they Dwayne are, Bacon. Are, Dwayne Bacon. That, there you go. That's 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 one of the few people on the team you can name. I give you that. Also, Bismack Biombo. Nate McMillan deserves some love too, because I mean that Pacers team. You can't name ten players on the Pacers either, but they were what like a third or fourth Melvin seed, Brogdon. something like that. Like he deserves, he deserves a little bit of love. And I, I don't think Oladipo is coming back either. Like he deserves some love. Can we be? Can, uh, can, Oladipo can we seems like he's changing that? his mind. Oladipo, I think, is going to come back. Okay. Well, he's, right, not, he's not playing. 
He's not playing. Well, he's he's thinking about playing in the bubble, but he hasn't committed yet. He's but Baby Sabonis was an All Star this year. Like they're they're they have squad. But we can't get some love for Nate McMillan. We not get the year. Who's the big guy from really? Indy? Uh, Turner, Miles Turner. Or, um, that kid or is, is good. That kid is good. Or Spolstra. The Heat is like a, a second or third seed. There's no way in bloody hell that team should be a second or third seed. The Bucks are on they pace for 70 games, and they're three Man. games clear of everybody else in the league. Yeah, there's I, no conversation to me. It, it, I, I mean, okay, it, it's going to be old boy from Milwaukee. We know that. And I, I'm, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here because it goes for good podcasting. Plus, I just wanted to give some props to some coaches around the league that have been doing good jobs this year. That's all. But yeah. So, okay, so okay, then it's we can unanimous. go ahead. It's unanimous, yes. It's unanimous. We, okay. No, if you want to talk about who was the second best coach of the year, that's a great conversation to have. Because Budenholzer got the title running. Ain't no, yeah. ain't no. In fact, I really think you're right. This might be a Philadelphia 2001 year. I think Milwaukee might sweep all the awards. I really do think they might. I'd get into the six-man conversation, but it's been so long since the NBA was around, I can't remember who was the best bench scorer in the league. Lou I was going to say. Yeah. going to share that. Yeah. Lou Williams. Yeah. Six-man six man award, first team all defense. I think we got a little separation there. Yeah, that's Lou Williams. Now, How is, let's, talk about, let's, let's talk about Lou Williams, and let's talk about his defense. Can we talk about Lou Williams' defense? Oh, wait. There's nothing to talk about. Really? Can we talk about Eric Bledsoe's offense in the playoffs? Oh, wait. There's nothing to talk about. In like one game? (laughs) In the interest of diplomacy. Yes, you mentioned the rookie of the year. Who do you got, Tony? Because that's an interesting conversation. Because Zion came on at the end of the year. John Morant was a beast from day one. I go Ja. I, yeah. Can talk about I go Ja. I'd say Ja Morant. Because they're, 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 they're in the playoffs right now. New Orleans ain't. I'm pretty sure the Grizzlies are the eighth seed right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, agree. I, I think he's just going to be a better basketball player, too, to be honest with you. I, I, think, I, I think Zion's really good and really talented, but I think he's going to have a hard time, a hard time staying on the court the older he gets. And it's easier for it's easier for guards to affect the game, especially in 2020 in this era, more than a big. So the the ball and granted, if there was a big for in for this era, not only is Zion Williams it, but Jaron Jackson, the big man that plays for Memphis, is built for this NBA. Seven foot that can shoot, handle the rock, and play defense. So Ja's good for the next six to ten years if Jared Jackson can stay healthy. But this era is the era of the guard. So it's going to be much easier for John Morant to make an impact on games than it will be for Zion. I'm glad we brought this up, man, because I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and I haven't had an opportunity to. So my two concerns when it comes to Zion, number one, PC brought it up, his durability, because, I mean, he was injured, what, three times in his freshman year at Duke, and they only played 30, 35 games a season. So that worries me a little bit. And number two, how do you design an offense around that guy? I, I don't really know how you do that because even at Duke, when he was at Duke, he wasn't the guy. 
old boy that's up in New York now. What's his name? Um, uh, I can't remember uh, his name, but oh, what is his name? He plays for the Knicks now. I was gonna say but, right. Um, oh, RJ Barrett. Brewer. Barrett. Thank you. RJ yeah, RJ Barrett. Yeah, or Barrett. Yeah. The offense revolved around him, and he had his ball. He had his hands on the ball for the majority of the time. Zion, you know, he would pick and choose his spots, and he was very efficient at what he did. Like he'd mess around and get you 19 points, but it'd be on like seven to nine shooting. So I don't know how you design an offense around a guy like that. And I, I'm not saying it can't be done. I don't think Alvin Gentry is the guy to figure it out. With no, with all due respect to Alvin, right now the offense of part of their team or, or anybody's team that has Zion Williamson, you don't design the actual half court or secondary break offense around him, but you set protocol to fast break as much as you can. And you always look for him. You have plays for him. So, you know, if he gets hot, you want him in the right spots. You maybe you've seen him go on runs and score tons of points. What did he score? Like 18 straight in a game already or something like that. Or maybe it was a little less, but he, he can take over, but you wait for those things to happen and you have plays in place for him. And then secondarily, the best part of him is cleaning up bullshit. The guy's wide and he knows how to use his body and he's got fucking springs on the bottom of his shoes and he can finish, right? So I, I think that's the nice thing about him is he's a guy who everybody wants to play with because he don't have to have the ball in his hands all the time. He ain't LeBron. He ain't Giannis. He can be secondary offensive weapon and still be the MVP of the whole league. But can you got to stay like healthy, though? He needs a good point win. guard. You, you can win. Lonzo is a much better point that we give him credit for. But you can oh, win yeah. like th- you can win like that if you have a number one who can score but doesn't need to be the man. And they are set, I think, perfectly with guys like Drew Holiday Brandon Ingram. Now, are they superstars? No, but both of them gonna give you 25 easily, right? Brandon Ingram is skinny mellow before skinny mellow was skinny mellow. So, like, that, they yeah. good. And that that's why it, it took nice. him a while. I'm, I'm sorry, real quick. It took him a while to gel because Zion fits in that puzzle. Without Zion in that puzzle, you're just playing regular five on five. That your offense doesn't work because Zion is the catalyst to that offense. Now that he's there, you saw what happened when he started playing. They went on a crazy-ass run. That's a nice young team, man. They've got a lot of nice pieces. You brought up Brandon Ingram, uh, Lonzo Ball. He, he was playing well. That's a really nice young team. They have a really nice young nucleus. I think ultimately they're going to end up trading Drew Holiday, who is an underrated point guard because, you know, oh. the league right now is so guard-heavy. People forget how good he is. I think eventually they'll trade him for another young asset or something like that. But – They've got a, they've got something working there in OKC and or not OKC in New Orleans and it'll be interesting to see how they figure out how to orchestrate an offense around Zion or maybe like you guys say you, you don't you just let him just be what he is but I don't I don't know it's just gonna be interesting his, to see what happens there. His perfect comp is Blake Griffin because when Blake he dunked he got now before his knees uh, failed him. He's kind of turned into more of an Antonio McDice with a nice, you know, 15 to 17 footer. Can extend the range. Is a good passer. Doesn't like to get in the paint too much because he stays hurt. But if Zion can be a hybrid of what Blake Griffin could have been healthy, that's your best comp. Because Blake was a guy on a team that was your catalyst and he wasn't the leader. Chris Paul, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that's your best comp, I think. 
Oh, don't, don't get me started on Blake Griffin, man. They totally ruined his prime. You know what I mean? Because they didn't want to get rid of DeAndre. And you couldn't have them both down there in the post because it would have clogged everything up. So he had to, you know, he had to become a perimeter player by necessity. And they they, yeah, they totally ruined his prime. But it extended his career. Okay, it extended his career, but they still ruined his prime because they didn't want to get rid of DeAndre. I'd agree. I'll agree. Yeah, because DeAndre can't be, you know, more than five feet from the basket to be effective. I agree. Last NBA thought, keeping in mind that we will be previewing Hardcore of the season next week. Uh, maybe on the awards or what's to come? I'm, I'm just happy to have the NBA back, man, at this point in time. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know if they're going to be able to finish the season. I, I have more faith in Major League Baseball than NBA because by you know just by the very nature of the game, Major League Baseball has a little more social distancing than the NBA does in the NFL, but that's a whole nother can of worms I don't want to talk about now. Platt, the New Jersey Nets found Michael Beasley from Exile. <laughs> I got a text from KD the other day saying, hey, you got 15 minutes to play? <laughs> yeah, dog, I'll be, I'll be in Orlando in two weeks. Like, they will finish the season. There is no... Michael, Michael Beasley is starting for the Nets. Start, the Nets so, will go into the playoffs. Start, the top six players for the Nets are gone. Like, it's Karis LeVert and everybody else. So, bruh, yes, we finished in the season. They'll find other people. So, so what you're telling me is it's going to be uh, the, the NBA by attrition. And ultimately, once we get to the finals, it's going to be best of seven, one-on-one games to 11 between Chris Middleton and Kyle Kuzma. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> Joking. <laughs> you think it's funny. <laughs> we might do basketball. We might do the basketball the soccer's penalty kicks. <laughs> you joking. Which would be the only way the Bucks win the title, by the way, Tony. No disrespect. I Next topic. Special topic or something. Unbelievable. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, we got a couple of, uh, I don't know, quick hitter topics here as we round out the show. Want to get into a little bit of the NFL and some of the major players in the NFL, or a lot of them, have been tweeting out that the fact that NFL really doesn't have their protocol ready for what's going to happen if someone tests positive, how long is everything going on, uh, you know, what what happens at training camp as we move forward. There's going to be no preseason games, it looks like, possibly. But overall, the whole COVID protocol hasn't been really stuck and put in place for them as they're supposed to be reporting to training camp soon. So thoughts on that? I mean, we had guys like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson speaking out on that, among others. I believe uh, Patrick Mahomes even uh, sent out a tweet about this as well. Ray, what do you what do you think? How do you feel like the NFL can't get their shit together? Is kind of how I feel about it. It's extremely disappointing. One the team, NFL is quote, one, one. I'm sorry, one team had a protocol ready, and it was the Chiefs. Yeah, the the champs, right? That makes sense, doesn't it? It's extremely disappointing because the NFL is supposed to be the shining star on the hill. Right, 
the NFL is supposed to be the leader in all things sports in this country. They are by far the biggest um, producer. They make the most revenue by far. They have the best ratings. The, the, the sports season is built around pro football. Everything else gets in where it fits in. So for them to be done and to be the last of the major sports, I'll include soccer, the last of the five major sports to start in this Rona season, we lauded them for how they uh, handled the draft. And the draft turned out wonderful, all things considered. We lauded them for how they did free agency. And free agency turned out... <laughs> that's okay. The draft, Just, I'm talking about. Oh, okay, my bad. Not, I, not I see, you. I, I'm I had, talking about the draft. Okay. Yeah, not you, not you. I had a Cleveland this ready. I'm glad. I <laughs> We're not <laughs> Detroit. We'll see you on the field, Miller Farmer. We'll see you on the field. We we showed the world how to beat the Ravens last year, and that's why y'all ain't in the Super Bowl. What is You're your, welcome, Kansas your, City. What does your city flag say? It says Cleveland. We're not Detroit. <laughs> and that's bad enough. <laughs> my bad, um, Ray. I didn't mean but to no, cut we, you off, man. We, you good, brother. I'm just saying we've lauded them for how they handled the beginning part of this of Rona when they had no start in sight. Everything in, in April and May and June, we gave them credit, right? And now here it is, it's time to start. And y'all never had a plan to start. That's massively disappointing. It, it, especially considering how, what have they had to do from a, in, from a league perspective since May? What, what had, there's been no major issues for them to handle since May. So what were you doing? Sitting, twiddling your thumbs? Like, I don't understand why the priority was not, let's figure out what we're going to do. You knew where the league, league, the league business was starting. You set the dates. So it's, excuse me, it's massively disappointing. And it's indicative of, I think, Roger Goodell's tenure is that so much potential and that he just does something idiotically stupid. Well, I don't want to get too political on this show, but I, I will say this, that one thing that the Rona pandemic has showed us is how this whole concept of America is a house of cards and nobody really has any money and everybody is incompetent on every level. I mean, you know, I work for one of the biggest corporations in the world and I could sit up here and we could have a two hour podcast talking about some of the uh, the uh, less than not admirable, but I, just a shit show that it is every day. Just seeing people trying to handle things and management and whatnot. Like, nobody knows what they're doing. So I think this is indicative of just America. Nobody really knows what they're doing. And, you know, I try to give them a little bit of credit or a little bit of, I cut them a little bit of slack because these are unprecedented times that we're living in. But at the same point in time, the NFL makes the NBA look like a well-oiled machine. And we know the shit show that the NBA has been through this whole bubble debacle thing. So, yeah, I, I'm with Ray, man. I don't know what the hell they were doing. I'm not confident that they're going to actually play a full season because how do you social distance in football? And then they'll come out and say some dumb shit like, oh, we're not going to let players exchange jerseys at the end of the game. Well, they've already exchanged blood and bodily fluids <laughs> for 60 minutes on the gridiron. So what's the difference? So how, how, does, how does this work? So, yeah, I'm the only season that I think is going to actually have a season is Major League Baseball. I don't even know if we're going to have an election because, you know, come September and October, when normally that's flu season, this shit's going to get ramped up. So I don't even know if we're going to have an election, let alone an NFL season. 
But at the same point in time, I know that America, if there is no football, they're going to turn this place into the Hunger Games. I, I, you know, I know that for a fact. So I feel like the NBA season is the one most likely to finish and have a season, and NHL with them because they're in the bubble. Like the basketball tournament already proved that if you can do the bubble and have people stick to it, it will work. The problem with the NFL and Major League Baseball, in my opinion, is you have everybody traveling still. You have all these teams going over. Now, I understand in Major League Baseball, they're keeping you in your own region, but you're still traveling to all these different cities, right? NFL, they're not even, they're just they're just going to keep going. Some places even announced that they're going to let fans in. Some aren't, right? <clears throat> I don't know. It, it boggles my mind that the NFL has that much money and doesn't have their shit together. Well, it's it's all management from the top. They're concerned about the wrong things. They have spent two years fumbling the Colin Kaepernick situation. They went out of their they've been all this time fumbling the political uh, response to social justice conversation. Now we look at this Washington football team scenario. They are they're focused on so many other things that don't matter. Well, they matter, but they're handling wrong. I'm, I'm sorry I said it that way. When they from a business standpoint can't get the business just the simple business right like think about the things that they find important just think about things they find important they were upset with Tom Brady because he was practicing with his players at his house or like at a at a football field but you can't even let him go to the place like what are we doing like figure out what you figure out your business standby and then worry about the other stuff but like when you admonish all these other people or worry about all these other things, but you don't have your business ready, it makes you look incompetent as a company. And I don't, I've, I don't trust Roger Goodell worth for sh- damn, never have. But this especially doesn't make me trust him when he can't even get this. They've had six, they've had a six-month head start. They've had a six-month head start. The Super Bowl was the beginning of February. Here we are going into the end of July. And they don't know what's going on. They don't have any plans for COVID. They have a six-month head start. What are we doing? Let's. Well, the thing is, go ahead, go ahead, Sonny. Go ahead, quick. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 bottom line is the bottom line. That's why Goodell still has a job. I don't necessarily sure. think that the owners fox with him as well. But the bottom line is the bottom line, and the NFL is making more money and generating more revenue than they ever have, and that's right why he still has his job. He has fumbled every, literally, literally. Everything else, he's fumbled from the Kaepernick situation to Spygate to anything else you could put out there. He, yeah, Ray Rice, he's fumbled literally everything else. But the bottom line is the bottom line, and under his tenure, the NFL is making more money than they ever have, and that's the only thing that really matters. Green yeah, is the only color that really matters, period. I'll, I'll leave the NFL topic with this. It's likely that a lot of conferences, and maybe all of them, depending on how this goes as we move into fall, that college football may be played in the spring. And college football talked to the NFL and was like, hey, could you maybe push the draft back? And the NFL went, no. <laughs> so they're not worried. I don't think man- the NFL management and ownership, I don't think they really care about anything really except for money, the NFL management, and the NFL ownership. And that's been fairly clear for the last for a while hey, ever, hey, ever for a while call, call, call your boy 
found your boy Vince to tell him, XFL number three, baby. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. He's already listening anyway. What's the difference? <laughs> XFL number three. <laughs> I got a couple. Why not? I got I... I got a couple quick hit topics before we get out of here. It's always great to have the band back together, like you said, Chris. Uh, so look for more from Three Man Weave. Definitely follow us at Three Underscore Man Weave. Gentlemen, over the weekend, golf had its most talented tournament in a long time. 43 of the top 50 players ended up playing at Mirfield right there in the wonderful state of Ohio. Nice. Thank you kindly. Get to the... Tiger Woods would end up making the cut. Didn't play well. Had a couple good rounds, a couple poor rounds. Uh, looking for him to get ramped up three weeks from now. First major of the year, PGA Championship. John Rahm was a winner this weekend. So PGA is still going strong. I guess my question to you guys is, three majors this year. PGA is coming up here first full weekend in August. Then we're going to have the U.S. Open in September. And we're going to have the Masters in November. Do we see Tiger Woods getting 16? that number 16 major title pulling within two of Jack before the calendar hits 2021. May I? Yes. I'm going to tell you like uh, to give respect to my Spanish friends. No. <laughs> See? I, I agree. I, Go ahead. I, Go ahead. I, would, I would say that this schedule behooves him a little better because Tiger's biggest problem is he plays unnecessary tournaments he doesn't need to play. And that's his biggest problem now because he can't take the wear and tear on his body. So playing this random player's tournament that has no bearing on anything that he's won 17 times isn't helping him towards his ultimate goal. While it's fun for him, I'm sure, but it's not the same level of golf. So it may behoove him to play better, but the, the, the Open and the PGA every year has a random guy that wins just about right so a random guy like mike weir won in one year i don't think he's won another tournament since then you know uh the masters is the one that's normally the best guys win or one of the better better guys win um and he seems to have a lot more luck winning green jackets than anything else but i don't i don't it's just it's golf is too much of a, a crapshoot this isn't the years where it's tiger of the field this isn't even the years where it's rory of the field like everybody's good now I just think it's, it's it's too much to to say he's gonna win or even hell he don't even make the cut half the time. But that's the conversation. Will he make the cut? That's a real discussion. Yeah, I I agree with Ray, man, wholeheartedly. Because the thing is, man, and I know it's a sexier story to say that the whole scandal is what took him down, but that's not what took him down. His body started to break down, and I'm pretty sure that the steroids didn't help either, allegedly. But you know, the bottom line was what took him out it wasn't the bitches it was his back so yeah i i don't think he yeah i don't think he's gonna win a major this year listen he got hot last year he's won a few tournaments since he's had his last most recent comeback i think he's just ramping up for what he's gonna do starting august and right through november so for me i think he's gonna win a major and he's gonna win probably another tournament besides that in the FedEx Cup. So I'm looking for Tiger to get at it. He's he's, he's hitting the ball in play off the tee. All he has to oh, do, yeah. all he has to do is sharpen up around the green. He could have won the tournament this weekend. I mean, look at how they all regressed on Sunday. When you put the toughest conditions in front of Tiger and he's in contention, he shoots the best round every single time. His bottom line. I'm a Tiger guy. 
I'm a Milwaukee Bucks guy. You're going to get this kind of biased bullshit from me. You're just going to have to suck it up and eat it. Bro, bro, his We're chip- all Tiger guys on this podcast. We're all Tiger guys. I'm a believer, though. <laughs> his his chipping was god-awful this weekend. And his putting was like hit or miss. So, yeah, it's and it's, what's hilarious is it's normally the opposite. Normally, he never hits the fairway. But yeah. he's money on the green and chipping. Yeah. It's like, the, it's, I guess the age and the attrition has flipped that mm-hmm. because he's changed his form so much that his form gets him... He's hitting like something like 15 out of 18 fairways. Yeah, because he stopped using a driver like, what, 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. He doesn't even he just carry a driver in his bag anymore. Oh, no, he yeah, is the driver. He is the driver. He does a lot of three woods, though. But on part, on part fives, but like, you know, other than that, what are you hitting driver on? He's he, it, he doesn't. He's never had very much success with driver. Plus, when he came in the league again, it's different now, but when he came in the game, it was one of like six guys that actually was in shape. So not only was it all form, but my man had that. Stir- I'm sorry, that regular strength. Well, that will <laughs> that will be that will be the most under appreciated, most underrated part of what Tiger brought to the game of golf is it has huge ramifications, but it rarely gets talked about. The fact that this generation of player who is more fit and more in shape and more technical and more scientific with what they're trying to do. That all started with Tiger. The golfers were bowlers and dart players before that, drinking and smoking and everything else, and a lot of them still are, especially the amateurs. Shout out to John Daly. Yeah. Shout out to John Daly, by the way. But now you look at guys like... You get guys like... I have a John Daly driver. I just wanted to say that. John Daly drove you around? Crazy. All right, but you look at... No, motherfucker, I had a John Daly driver as a golf club. Did it come with Did it come with cigarettes in the forty? I came with cigarettes in the forty <laughs> to complete the the. Boy, if this whole, is if this is pot is war, that would be the title. I came with cigarettes in forty, and that could go that could mean that could mean two different things if you think about it. But I really forgot what the fuck kind of point I was making now. So just no, you know, your keep, point your point is extremely salient. Ti- Tiger did make this generation of kids and golfers focus on fitness much like jimmy johnson did for nascar Agreed. like people 100%. used to just show up and play yep. and now like look at these nascar guys they're actually working out and getting in shape look at a guy like rory mcelroy who's like six four and jacked that wouldn't have happened if this was 1996 tiger changed that so that was i'm just backing up your point is rory really that big because those are tiger stats because you know tiger's built like a nfl linebacker i didn't know rory was that big no tiger's NFL safety if he changed. no if, tiger... he, if he chose to play football he's a safety tiger's six foot 180 no tiger's six four 225 man what are you talking about look at it up look it up look it up and 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 ray and i will talk while you look it up look it up okay y'all two talk i'm gonna look it up i'm looking at now I yeah, Tiger's know. built like a linebacker, sir. He's he's six one. Tiger's no, he's six foot one eighty. Same oh, difference. Shit. Six foot six one. Why are you questioning me? Rory's like five eight, five nine. Oh my god! What am I? Why am I thinking he's so big? Oh my god! Yeah, he's small. Come on, guys. He just looks huge. Don't what? question well, my don't question my golf analogies, my golf analysis. The golf that's going on yeah, in my head. <laughs> don't question. Don't question that one. Come on now. 
But the fact remains that the, you made a very uh, astute point, honey, and Ray backed that up. Like, Tiger is the one that brought the athleticism to the game. And now people are lifting weights and they care about their bodies and they're doing, you know, certain things. Like, he, he evolved the game. Right. And at this point now, his body is starting to break down, and I just don't think he's got enough left to do what it takes. I mean, what is he, 44, 45 at this particular point in time, man? I mean, he's six years away from the senior tour, and I don't even know if that's still a thing. Shout out to Lee Trevino, because during my whole childhood, Lee Trevino was killing shit on the senior tour. <laughs> <laughs> Tiger has to play perfect golf now to be in contention, which is why he's focused so much on hitting the fairways. You, you made this, you, you're, you're the golf expert of these three. But from what I see, I know as much as much Tiger as I've watched, Tiger would just overpower people in his in his prime. But he missed every fairway because he could always get back on the green. His putting was money. His putting has not been money recently. His chipping has been garbage, but he's hitting fairways. That just tells me, and again, I'm not an expert by any stretch, that knowing that he's had to change his form so much and knowing that he's had so many back injuries and oblique injuries that he's had to change everything about it. Just it just that is just telling me one plus one is two. Last night we forget they literally started tiger proofing the courses. Like that's a literal thing. Alright, let's wrap the show up here. Last note, August first is when the NHL comes back. Uh I don't have any last parting shots. Do you guys have anything else that you would like to get off of your chest? Um, no. There's a, there's plenty I could say, but no, nothing salient. Um, no, I there's there's plenty I could say, but there's there's nothing salient. Um, give Masvidal a real shot at Usman and let's see what happens. But nothing salient to say. All right, so real quick, man. A few weeks ago, it came out that the NBA was going to allow their players to put some sort of uh, social justice messages on the back of their jerseys, and that pissed me off. And the reason it pissed me off is because I see through the bullshit. And the thing is, man, with these NBA players, I'm tired of these fake woke NBA players coming out here and saying things because it's good for the brand. When at the same time, when they first got to the bubble, these are millionaires in a pandemic where people are losing their jobs, where companies are going bankrupt, and they're sitting up here bitching and moaning because they're in the Days Inn, which the Days Inn is not a bad hotel. And whatever the the, the meal was or whatnot, you know, I, I, I think it's fake posturing, but it looks good. You know what I mean? Because of the social climate that we find ourselves in, it looks good. It looks like they're doing something or they're saying something or they're making a difference. But the part that pisses me off is that you guys had an opportunity to make a difference. You had your shot and you blew it. It was a few years ago during the whole Donald Sterling situation. That was your opportunity when those tapes came out. You had America by the balls. It came out literally during the playoffs, right in the middle of the playoffs. And each and every one of you, you could have got together and said, you know what? We're not going to play another single solitary game until you get this Mellon Farmer out the league. That's power. That's what demonstrating power looks like. 
And that, that would have scared the shit out of America because you were literally demonstrating power. But instead of that, what did they do? They turned their shooter shirts outside and threw them in the, the middle of the, of the arena or in the middle of a half court, like a bunch of children. So don't come to me on this bullshit about this, man. What I think is really happening here, I think this is a litmus test to see if we can turn the NBA into NASCAR. Because you know how the NASCAR cars, they all have their sponsors and stuff like that right there on the hood of the car and whatnot. I think this is a litmus test to see how that's going to play. Because think about this. One thing that we've learned about the NBA during this pandemic is that 40% of their revenue comes from a live audience. Well, eventually they're going to start letting people back into these games. But we have to admit that for the foreseeable future, live attendance is going to be drastically affected. And they've got to find a way, at least partially, to make up their revenue that they're missing with the live studio audience. So what better way than to maybe add some sponsorships to their jerseys? And the funny part about it is that thinking about what players are going to advertise or sponsor what brands. Like, I think J.R. Smith and Hennessy, I think that's a layup. You know what I mean? Like, little stuff like that. That's the funny part of this. But, I mean, the bottom line is, man, yo, I see what you're doing, NBA. You can't hustle a hustler. You can't con a con man. And game recognized game, and I, I see what you're doing. Hey. All right, well, well, well that's that a part of the shot. Said, We're not supposed to say nothing to it. That's part of the shot. All right, fair enough. Well, that being said, uh, Mr. Cash, why don't you let the good folks know where they can find you, sir? At it's Ray Cash, uh, Black Lives Matter, Mr. Tunney. You can, oh my goodness, just go to the chairshot.com. Fair enough. Hey, man, you guys can find me on... I'm all over the chair shot, quite frankly, man. I got more shows than the Wayans brothers. But uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. But more importantly than that, make sure you guys and gals go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. Again, if you appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot, make sure we can keep providing it by making sure you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You're already shopping online anyway. You're doing a lot of online shopping because you're sitting at home bored, not doing shit else. So you're buying shit on Amazon and whatever the hell else. So while you, when you get done with your Amazon purchase, scroll all over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. Please and thank you, thank you, and please remember the chairshot.com. We're not just a website. We're a movement, folks. Hey, man, for my brother Ray Cash, for my brother the Commissioner PC Tunney, I'm so happy to get the band back together. I have so much fun doing this show. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week, bigger and better than ever. Until then, shalom. Put another mark in the wind column.